Welcome to episode 174 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This time around, we're looking at Season 8, Episode 3, Patience. Original air date of March 17th, 2002. Average IMDb user score is 7.8 out of 10, and the action primarily takes place in Idaho. This episode was written and directed by Chris Carter and seems to serve mostly to establish the dynamic between Scully and Doggett. It is a predominantly standalone Monster of the Week, where Scully isn't assuming that paranormal explanations are the only ones involved, but she is definitely saying, that's where the evidence points, we can't rule it out. Now, Doggett is clearly not on board with that, but he doesn't have any alternate explanations, And he is trying to work well with his new partner. So he's following Scully's lead. And in the course of investigating these strange deaths where apparently human teeth are being used to bite people, although the saliva being left is unique to bats, and there are four-toed footprints and claw marks being left behind, he just doesn't know what it could be, but he's not jumping to the conclusion that it is some kind of monster or unknown thing of nature. He's more inclined to believe that, yeah, it was a human that did it, and then the footprints and claw marks were for some other animal that happened on the scene because dead bodies are free dinner for most carnivores. So just typical post-mortem predation. They do eventually find out, partly through Doggett's research, that this area does have a man-bat that's been known to exist. Part man, part bat. It was last year, 44 years ago. It recently resurfaced after a woman died. And that woman was connected to the original investigation, and the ones dying now are those that would have her scent on them. Her mother, the undertaker, the officer who got the call to come in and identify the body, and so forth. Digging further, they do find that one of the original victims, who disappeared 44 years ago, had been living in seclusion, secretly married to this woman who wanted to be buried in consecrated earth. So she was buried in the local cemetery. And it's really his scent that the monster's tracking. He is a marked man, and it's not going to let him go. It does actually leave it open-ended. So the man-bat definitely got shot by both Scully and Doggett, but he wasn't really brought in. So as Monster of the Week goes, it is a little bit darker and it pushes sort of the blood and guts more than X-Files generally has. But the structure is decent and it's a different kind of mistrust than we saw between Mulder and Scully early on. Doggett's having private conversations to get the local police to cooperate with Scully's requests, that kind of thing. So it's not, oh, we're assigned together and they've got complete immediate trust. They have each other's backs in terms of keeping each other alive, but they're not really on the same page in terms of the best way to handle the investigations. The guest cast includes Bradford English, who is also known for Halloween 6, Basic Instinct, Wolf, and Higher Learning. There's not a lot of prominent roles, and a lot of them do seem to be random police officers. Brooklyn South, he was Captain Luzarola. That seems to be one of his few regular gigs, but he does play a lot of police officers, especially in 1980s dramas. 
He's got credits from 1971 up until 2010. And here he played Detective Abbott. Gene Dynarski played Ernie Stefaniak. He is also known for Close Encounters of the Third Kind, All the President's Men, Seinfeld, and two different roles in two different episodes of Star Trek. This was his second last job. His last credit was Applejack from 2003. 64 credits to his name, and they date back to 1963. So we're talking the 1966 Batman series, The Monkees, Mission Impossible. He was one of the men in Mud's Women in the original Star Trek. He was also Krodak in The Mark of Gideon. He shows up again in Star Trek The Next Generation. So don't be surprised if he is familiar to you. Dan Legant plays his brother, Myron Stefaniak. 33 acting credits to his name, spanning from 1968 to 2008. Best known for Escape from Alcatraz, Peggy Sue Got Married, Ernest Goes to Jail, and Time After Time. Jay Caputo was the guy in the Man Bat outfit. He's got a lot of stunt credits to his name, including Pirates of the Caribbean, the Tim Burton and the more recent Planet of the Apes movies, and The Amazing Spider-Man. He's got fewer acting credits to his name. Aside from playing Jack Spratt on Soul of the Series, he's got a lot of thug, gorilla, and other such credits, so it looks like he is a stuntman more than an actor. Eve Brenner plays Mrs. McKesson, 78 credits to her name, spanning from 1953, where she played Betty in A Ghost for Scotland Yard, the episode of Adventures of Superman, up to 2019 with South of Heaven, Episode 1, Little Sister, which is completed but not aired yet. So, at this point, she would be 93 years old, and she is still working. Best known for The Great Mouse Detective, Walk of Shame, Stand Up Guys, and The Mentalist. Annie O'Donnell plays the coroner's wife. Best known for Black Sheep, Blast from the Past, Transformers, Dark of the Moon, and The Artist. She was working from 1980, and her most recent credit is from 2017. This is Brent Sexton's first of two appearances on the X-Files. It's a brief appearance here as one of the gravediggers, but he is still working today with projects due out in 2020. Best known for his work in Radio, Flight Plan, The Belco Experiment, and W. Brian Rasmussen plays the sheriff's deputy. His career runs from 1986 till today, with some projects in post-production. Best known for Rampart, American Horror Story 24, and Dark Was the Night. Gary Bullock played the coroner. 51 credits to his name from 1989 until 2017. Best known for Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me, Bubble Boy, Species, and Robocop 3. Of those four best-known roles, only one of them actually had a name. So overall, it is a decent Monster of the Week episode. It helps establish that the relationship between Doggett and Scully is not smooth. They don't just immediately click. He's not taking over and replacing Mulder. Made crystal clear by the fact that they're still talking about Mulder's absence. They're working from his desk, which Scully's going to be using. But she does make a point of saying that even though she never had her own desk down in the X-Files office, she would make sure Doggett got one. Now, as far as the science is concerned, Sure, bats and apes may be similar genetically, but we need a lot of missing links to get from bats as they are now to humanoid bats of this size. 
So could bats eventually evolve into something like this? Give it enough time and the right environment, yeah. Can it go from bats to this overnight? No, not a chance. So there's nothing I'm aware of biologically that says this creature can't exist, but the explanations put forth by the characters on the show for how it exists simply don't make sense. That said, there is no particular reason to believe that the explanations they put forward are the right ones. They're just conjecture in here. It's totally fine that they made a miscalculation and made a mistake. But we would need a lot more between where we're at in nature and where this thing is to say how we got there. Anyway, that's all we have to say about patience. Join us again in two weeks' time for Roadrunners. Thank you for listening.